0: Hello, and welcome to Derps Talk About Games. I'm your co-host Mango,
1: and I am your co-host Buddy.
0: And today we're going to talk a little bit about Black Widow, but before we do that, Buddy, I want you to tell the folks at what it is we do on this podcast.
1: Well, on this podcast, in recent times, we just talk about superhero shit, I guess, because you know, I feel like our last like eighty episodes have been, <laughs> you know, have been superhero shit.
0: Yeah. No, um, we were doing we were doing a superhero like. Kind of theme series, and then a superhero movie came out, so we had to do more superhero. We had to, we had
1: to pop in there. We didn't pop in there for Fast Nine, which I have actually not watched. F Nine, I haven't seen F Nine yet. No spoilers. <laughs> no, I mean, all I, I know is that it's going to be about family.
0: Yeah, no, I, I need to, I need to, I, I, we should do probably for like Fast Ten. I'll have finally gotten around to watching the first eight move or nine movies at that point, or ten movies because. Hobbs and Shaw, right? So
1: it's become almost like a party trick for me. Like when I'm hanging out with people, I end up talking about how great the Fast and the Furious <laughs> movies are because, like, it's just it's it, there. Those movies are amazing, and I love them so much. And I guess it's just funny. <laughs> but
0: yeah, well. Uh, anyway, we're the not movie talking, we're talking about today that. Is Black Widow. <laughs> yeah, it's not Fast Nine. <laughs> um, definitely um, not Fast Nine. Uh, we will get to spoilers, but before we do that, buddy, what is your what is your top line takeaway?
1: I was surprised how much I enjoyed Black Widow. Um, I think the ending sucks, but otherwise everything else is pretty good. Um, and I was more or less on board for uh for the festivities, so to speak. I feel like this movie is mostly carried by uh. Florence Pugh, I think, um, who plays uh, Yelena, and I just think she's great. She really caught caught me. Everybody else does fine, but like that, she really was kind of the highlight of uh, of the proceedings. You know, I I don't think it's very good. It probably doesn't rank as highly as some of the other ones, even though I I, I like it. You know, um, it's maybe a B minus C plus sort of. Uh, I don't know, where's my Marvel list? Maybe, this is actually a good thought. I can yeah, Oh, yeah, we can live update the list now, list now
0: that we have... Uh, uh, yeah, that, hold that. On.
1: Now, now I need to, like, search through to find my Marvel notes because I don't remember where I saved that, like, little notepad. Um, or whatever. But, like, yeah, I'm sure that I'll find a good spot for it in uh, in the... Oh, here we go. Here's here's the rankings. Uh, bu- 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 bu, man, it's below some of this stuff. Oh, it's above some of this stuff. Okay, I I think it's just above Ant-Man and the Wasp and just below Thor Ragnarok for me. That's kind of where it, like, falls in. To be uh, be fair, I have a lot of stuff below that, so this is in the top half of my Marvel movies. I'm not going to read off the whole list, um, but uh, just to give you a sense of sort of where, you know, where this has slotted in among the greater Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff.
0: All right, well... I know, I'm generally better, uh, like these movies more than you do, but I thought, this is the first movie I ever watched, or the first Marvel movie I watched that, like, Cape shit really kind of resonated in my head, Um, it was, I found it to be uh, kind of like, very mediocre, but in that kind of like, in kind of like the truest sense of that, it's like, it was fine, I will never watch it again, I don't care, there were a couple of things that I thought were bad, but like, it's not like the whole movie was that way, Um, it was fine. I think a lot of it rides on the fact that I just don't care because, you know, uh, spoilers for Endgame, Black Widow's dead. <laughs> so, nope. um, I just I couldn't care. Um, and I didn't think that this was did anything particularly interesting. Uh, was there anything else uh, kind of top line? Oh, um, the other part of this that I thought was interesting, this is not strictly about the movie, but it's like the first blockbuster out of COVID, theater I went to was packed, um, uh, including you know,
1: actually.
0: a couple whispering next to me and a small child to my other side, um, climbing over the seats. So you know, um, which was not to business as usual. Yeah, I mean it was <laughs> not a thing that normally happened. When, you know, before that, right? Like, so I, I felt like this is like everybody's like, okay, if I'm gonna I'm gonna finally go out and see a movie, I'm gonna see this one, right? Because it is a blockbuster type movie um i also went on a saturday which i normally don't do you're usually usually i see it on on the thursday but we had raids so i did that instead which was a much better use of my time Um, which
1: i'm sure we'll talk about in you know an hour uh, yeah yeah. (laughs) um
0: but uh yeah i you know it's fine if you wanted a movie to see coming out of covid i think you could do worse um, but I will probably never maybe watch I'll the movie fast.
1: again. I'll, I'll have to see F9 this week and say whether or not F9 or Black Widow is a better recommendation coming out of COVID. I am insanely hyped for F9, like, probably way more hyped than, like, I don't know, maybe I haven't been this hyped for a movie since Aquaman, like, um, cause there's a lot to F9 that is, uh, that is hype-worthy, um. But, uh, but on the topic of hype, so does this, you know, how do you feel about, like, the MCU project, right? You know, it's been a year, we watched WandaVision, more or less skipped Falcon and the Winter Soldier, are you watching Loki, for instance? I will
0: when it's finished, and I will go and watch Falcon and the Winter Soldier at some point, um, I just haven't, um, the Marvel project I still think is, like, has some stuff to do, right, like, um... Honestly, one of the things that I thought was the neatest about this movie was one of the trailers was 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 the Legend of the Ten Rings or the Shang Chi movie, um, which I thought looked neat, right? Like I was like, oh, that's that's a good reason to be back in. Yeah, I
1: think the Eternals trailer is bad, but I think the Shang Chi trailer is good.
0: I don't think I saw the Uh, Eternals trailer.
1: The Eternals (laughs) trailer. I mean. I don't know that that one's gonna have to work hard to convince me. I feel like it is buck wild, but Shang Chi just feels like you know the uh, it it it's a very sort of straightforward superhero story mm. in the kind of like a post Avengers world, and I'm like yeah sure, there's like mythos here. I'm I'm you know, I'm on board. This this looks cool. Um, so I definitely had that feeling. It, yeah, no, um, I'm Like the- Widow. Interestingly, I care a little bit about like. I feel like my, my passion for the Marvel Cinematic Universe is on the back burner. It has waned quite a bit, but Black Widow was was a neat kind of entry into the thing. They they, they dodged a lot of things that I thought that they were going to fuck up, I guess, is, is a big thing. Like, um, you know, if this was a movie that was set during uh, kind of any other time, I think I might have been frustrated, um, but it ended up being okay
0: um I, I i actually went to, to check this because i was curious um uh so uh i i guess they're rewriting who shang chi's father is with with you know understandable reason you know the the original shang chi was a son of fu manchu who i think is technically public domain um because yeah. like he's like a a long like he's a very old yellow peril villain um
1: um, yeah, I mean the the Shang Chi stuff. Th- this is funny because they're tapping into pieces of the Marvel cinematic U- or of, like the Marvel universe that I am less and less familiar with. For this happened to me with Black Widow, right? Like I knew who Taskmaster was, um, and I knew Yelena, but this, all of this stuff is uh, is stuff that's kind of outside of the Marvel cinematic universe that I, or the Marvel comics universe that I paid a lot of attention to. So I feel like there's probably a zillion Easter eggs that I'm missing in here. Um, which was kind of a neat feeling. I have not had that feeling in a comic book movie in a long time just because like I feel like a, I don't know I feel like a wizened historian, right Like I'm always expecting the the next thing because I've read all the comics or whatever. And It's like here's one where it's like I haven't.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. yeah. Um, well, uh, let's maybe get into spoiler territory then. Is, sure. is, is, it for, is that all right. So spoilers for Black Widow. If you care, turn this off. Um all right. I do
1: not think this movie really cares about spoilers to be honest. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean like the big spoiler is is that Black Widow's dead, right? So, you know, it doesn't yeah. matter, you know, it doesn't matter. Um honestly, the only really spoiler thing I think is the post-credit scene. Um uh, and we'll get to that probably a little bit further in because it's not directly relevant. Um sure. yeah. Uh, um
1: so I don't know what what do you want to start?
0: Uh, I I don't know, like it, it w- seems
1: like you. If I guess because I care, I should I should make a case. What? How do I make the case that Black Widow is good? Actually, TM. So I think one thing is that the action was good. Uh, I enjoyed a lot of the action. It was very tactile, but also clear, which I thought was actually pretty important for Black Widow and and like Taskmaster, right? Like these are very like mm. martial artsy kind of guys. These are not, you know, these these aren't like Man of Steel. <laughs> Superman punching Zod through a building fight scenes. These are, you know, two people in a hallway beating, you know, beating each other up with, like, kung fu moves and everything like that. And so I, I was surprised how good I thought the action was because I feel like a lot of the time in these movies it is bad and muddled. Um, so that was something. I also just thought that Taskmaster was, was good. I have a lot of thoughts about Taskmaster.
0: Yeah, um, no, I, I know people on the imagine. internet are not a fan of this version of Tac- Taskmaster. Wait, um, really? What? Because because uh, he, or I guess she, doesn't have a lot of screen. Like, it doesn't have a lot of actually doing taskmastery things. Um, oh, okay. And also, yeah. um, probably just kind of based, like, it's not the same character, right? Like, like mm-hmm. you know, in the comics, it is it is a dude, and I don't think it has anything to do with the Black Widows. Uh, so, you know. Yeah, it's I mean, different. Taskmaster
1: is a good choice for a villain, for, like, the, you know, the gun named villain um, for this movie because that power set, that mimic power set is his thing, right? right. And, and I think that they made good use of it, right? Like, you could tell there were these different parts where Taskmaster was tapping into Captain America, Black Panther, Hawkeye, right? Um, I wish they did more with that. I felt like that was right. a little underdeveloped, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't quite, you know, uh, ripened, so to speak. Um, but I was otherwise on board with all this stuff. The, the I was extremely on board with the twist and then incredibly not on board when she lived. I thought that I thought that they were going to do Man of Steel. And I probably would be in here like going wild if the end of the Black Widow movie is she has to kill Taskmaster. Taskmaster. I was so excited for that. I was like holy shit this is the kind of Marvel that I've always wanted, right? You know. Um, yeah. I wrote like a like right as right as i came out of the movie i wrote like a tweet about this or whatever but this is why i think the ending sucked i think it does the very typical lame i fucking hate it marvel thing of they pull their punches and it's it was too, it's just so it's too contrived right? too right like so yeah it's to, it's so contrived oh god so, i so mean the, even the, even a world where like you know she's parachuting or she's jumping off of this thing and survives I can buy that as long as it's tied with like something difficult right that there is some difficulty that she needs to kind of like face down head-on and I think a version of things where it doesn't matter it doesn't matter that her father is dead she's not mind-controlled this is a woman who is Taskmaster this is a woman who is out for revenge and is not going to be placated with an apology no matter how sincere you know, Natasha is, there are consequences for her actions, and the only way to put a stop to it is to put a bullet in her brain. If that had happened, I would be over the moon, just because, like, I felt like this is the, what the, I felt like that, this was the undercurrent of the whole movie, and this is why I was, like, expecting it so much, right, because it felt like the whole movie was about, you know, Black Widow has always talked about, she has red in her ledger, right, this was a huge moment, where, you know, she was she was talking about the collateral damage or whatever. Um, the backdrop of the Civil War, this would have tied in beautifully with all the Sokovia Accords shit. You know, like, a world where she has to face down these consequences that the Sokovia Accords were specifically written to address, right? Black Widow murdered a child in order to kill the bad guy that she wanted to kill or whatever, right? Like, that's just so dark and so brutal. I wanted it to go there so bad. And so... I don't know them pulling out of that just like whiffed the whole ending of the movie and probably sent this thing down like eight slots in my ranking. Oh algorithm. yeah, you know what?
0: I, I never said where I, where I was gonna put it. I would have put it like beneath Far From Home and above Iron Man Two, which is like you know five up from the bottom, six up from the bottom. Yeah, that's
1: pretty. That's pretty far down for you.
0: Yeah. Um. I also I also have like a, I think a lower like bad line than you do than than you though so. Um, oh,
1: that's true. Yeah, I have a lot of stuff that is in the bad line, because it kind of starts in Avengers: Infinity War and it just goes one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine movies.
0: Yeah. Um, but uh, but to, to to your point, like to your point, like, I, I so I think they were kind of between a rock and a hard place because I think they didn't, like you know, Marvel's famous for killing the villains, even the good ones, right? And like so much so that they had to do, they have to do like bullshit, the like, you know, time, you know, random timeline bullshit to you know to get them back, right? Like. Um, whereas uh and like i feel like they didn't they didn't want to kill taskmaster with this but i think i think you're right it would have it would have been better also like the thing that felt, things that felt contrived to me was like you know yelena throws in like this like a bundle grenade of like you know of 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 you know of of uh, it's it's pure macguffin right like it's like plot juice mm-hmm. um
1: anti anti mind control juice
0: yeah yes yes in, in real I'm terms like, it is anti mind control juice but like it is it is you know, it is plot device juice um, yeah and uh turns out that two of them didn't break and it had to be two of them that black widow could protect off the floor that way she could cure tackmaster and have one to reproduce to go save the rest of the black widows around the world right which is like also like such like a like a a it's a it's how do i want to put this it is like such an empty attempt at stakes raising Right It's a thing that's like supposed to make it like ver- you know we're supposed to believe in the span of like fifteen seconds it feels like that this is a real threat that we have to care about and then also doesn't matter at all, right like because yeah
1: this had the, this had the effect of me uh the same effect of as Game of Thrones series finale for me, which is that like I was sort of on board with some of this shaky stuff because I thought I because I thought the story was going into this cool place of black widow needs to. You know, there's no superheroic way to end this conflict. She has to execute someone who really doesn't deserve it, right? You know, and I and I was so excited for that moment that I kind of just overlooked all of this, all of, all of this other stuff. But I think if you really look at the climax of this movie, it is just chock full of contrivance, yep. um, in the sense that almost none of this stuff is set up, right? Um, I hate the six Racing thing. First of all, it's a complete copy of what Black Panther does, which just makes it insanely lame. But it's a copy of what Black Panther does, but it's like the, you know, it's like the, hey, can I copy your homework meme like yeah. version of it? Because at least Black Panther shows us what the dogs of war are like, you know, and how they are interacting with the war. right? Like, this is the production of Killmonger. So I have a very solid and rational basis for understanding the threat of... You know, the dogs, of, um, the dogs of war, the war dogs, whatever they're called. Um, the Wakandan war dogs that are out throughout, throughout the world. I just really didn't get that sense from the Widows themselves. Like, there was this one very early scene with, like, Yelena. But, like, otherwise, everything was completely unrelated to the Widows. And the Widows didn't show up until, like, the very end, basically, right? Um, and I just think that there was a lot of, like, reversals that were dumb and not set up, and then explained afterwards. Yeah, like... Like, cool. like, Widow can't stab the guy, but then she can't stab the guy, she's the mom, and then they take off their M- Mission Impossible faces, which, by the way, their Mission Impossible faces just ripped whole cloth from the Mission Impossible series, right? Like, I just... I hate yeah, all that stuff. and al-
0: also, like, completely, like, you know, not explained, just, like, this is a thing that can happen, and, you know, that's not too bad, right? Because I, I, like, I believe that that's real. It's just kind of, like, whatever... Um, also, like, what, what's the inverse of, I guess it'd be the inverse of dramatic irony? Like, dramatic irony is when when the audience knows more than the characters do, right? This is, like, the characters yeah, oh yeah, know more than the... The characters know mm, more than the audience does. Do.
1: Yeah, I, I absolutely think it's the un, undramatic irony. What's the op- opposite of drama? Yeah. The opposite of irony. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: man. Uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it was, I don't know, it... And, like, I, I felt, like, almost, like... Like, I thought Melina was an interesting character, but she doesn't have a ton of time. And I thought that um, Red Guardian was kind of wasted. Um, like, some of the family stuff was neat-ish, but, like... I don't know. D- like, David Harbour was fun because he was definitely hamming it up and being, like, you know, with a bad fake Russian action. Like, you know, it's impossible not to, like, just, like, laugh at the absurdity... ...of a man who has Karl Marx tattooed on his fucking hands. Oh my like,
1: god, <laughs> I thought... I noticed that and I was like... Man, I, was gonna laugh. I actually kind of thought that you would like Red Guardian. That seems oh. like a, the prime kind of character that you would enjoy. So Red I Guardians.
0: enjoyed it as like a level... Of, like at a level of fun, but like... It's kind of like the Bathos thing, right? Like he's sure. fun, but he's like... a com- He's comic relief, right? And he's like... Like comic relief in a lot of like, you know... I thought that whole fucking like helicopter scene... Was was so stupid, right? Like it was like, like wh- why did they like fly around the tower with the helicopter, and then come back and pick up the Red Guardian? It's just so that it has like a dramatic flyaway moment, right? Like, they're a lot yeah, like-
1: I thought this movie was a little too big for its britches in a way. I feel like it should. It was it was sort of playing to the to the cheap seats when it could have had a smaller, you know, less dramatic. Right? Like you can just do a prison break. You don't have to do this avalanche thing, or right. whatever. And also, she says originally I need a jet, and then he gives her the helicopter. And I, the whole time I was thinking, how the fuck was she gonna do this, this with, with a, a jet? jet. Yeah, <laughs> like That's a good point. I mean? <laughs> how would the jet have been better, <laughs> better suited for this? Like, are you kidding? Um, so I kind of, uh, yeah, I kind of disliked all that stuff. Uh, I mean, I, on one end, it was carried by Yelena for me because I liked Yelena so much. And I thought she was really, like, I was really keyed into whatever, just whatever Florence Pugh was doing. <laughs> she was just, <laughs> I like I want to say she was hamming it up, but I actually don't think she was hamming it up. I think she was kind of under-hamming it in a way. Um, and, uh, and kind of ran circles around. It felt like everybody else in the cast, though, everybody else did basically fine. Um, I was also a little disappointed in Red Guardian. Um, he got one moment that I liked, which is where he sang American Pie. Which yes. is like, the good thing, It's this is the perfect thing, right? It's how you undercut the bathos by giving a moment of real sincerity, right? Um, but then that itself became a moment of weird bathos because there's a line in the song where he says, this will be the day that I die, and then a, a, an explosion goes off, a bunch of guys show up or whatever. And I was just like... Man, that moment was really cool until you sort of fucked it up, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, it was also, I think, Um, pre-undercut by, like, the open, like, the, 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 where it establishes that that's a song that she likes, right? Like, it's like, that is, like, over the top. It's like, they are driving away and there's an American flag and they drive past the football field and American Pie is playing, right? It's like, Jesus fucking Christ, I get it, right? Like, like, this is, this is so over the top.
1: Um, Yeah, I also don't think that he got the moment that he really needed. I, I, I was expecting him to get a moment of real heroism um, to sort of complete this arc of. Th- this is the typical thing you do with like these kind of blowhard characters, right? They are constantly telling stories about the good old days, their war stories, right? But then when the shit hits the fan, they actually well, either they they fail because it's that's the that's the kind of purpose of the arc or they deliver right and do the heroic thing right and so he's talking about like fighting captain america or whatever else right but as soon as he goes to face off against taskmaster and like 1v1 taskmaster the camera just cuts away yeah you know and he doesn't really do anything action oriented throughout the whole rest of like, he doesn't really you know, do
0: anything, of- anything right like like yeah. he, he's mostly there to be like you know like the um like the dumb dad trope like entirely mm-hmm. right like you know or like, like they come out of like you know the you know they, they do the 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 audience reveal that like it's the, that that uh, Natasha and and uh, Molina have switched places, and like you know he starts talking to an earpiece he doesn't have right like it's it's what I just it's like nothing right it's just like
1: <sighs> yeah it felt like there was plenty of room to just add a, a little bit more to make that work you know like you could just have it be that. Um, Dracov has replaced him, and there's a new Red Guardsman who has the old shield or whatever, and, and he's there, and he's in his shitty, and he's fat, but he beats up the new guy. That's it. You know, you add maybe three minutes of screen time for this little subplot that makes his character end in a spot that's not dumb and kind of lame, right? Where he just, uh, I don't know, he tells jokes. On the crashing spaceship that's flying yeah. over Russia,
0: right? And what was what was the other the, the other thing? And this this was pointed out to me by by somebody on YouTube. I forever forget exactly who, but it's like they make a joke about like the fact that the widows get hysterectomies, which I was which is like kind of like ghoulish. Oh my almost. god!
1: Yeah, they turn it into a whole bit. Yeah, this like extended sequence, and this is like the core of the drama for Black Widow's char- excuse me character in Avengers: Age of Ultron, right? which i mean that's the top that's still the top of my of my marvel movies list um i don't know i hated that i mean i i thought it ti- i t- it tied in well with the, with the rest of the marvel mythos overall right. um i liked that we kind of have resolved what the mission in budapest that she and clint talk about right like right. this this backstory mission while this is her you know killing dragov um killing his daughter right like the kind of this is the red in her ledger um, that, that gets referenced in that movie and also Civil War um, but I also hated that I also hated this thing about the hysterectomies because that's like the basis of the drama for I don't know I don't know I'm mad about that Yeah, it's, it's
0: played for, for cheap kind of like you know men don't like hearing about like women bodily function laughs which
1: yeah
0: yeah um I don't know. Who, so, is this, this, uh, I couldn't remember this, like the, the supplier character, um, is he, has he been around before?
1: I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. He, um, he will probably be
0: around later. Like, f- like, part of this too is me cynically watching this movie and being like, oh, there's a bunch of widows. That's probably going to be a Disney Plus series or something, right? Um, or at least it feels like it to me. And, like, he feels like he could be a recurring character in that or something. Um,
1: I feel that his name is Mason. Really, is the, is this character? And I don't see him in anything
0: what? else. Just oh, the the I'm actor. Just it up right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, the actor is not is not in. Uh... Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, I thought he was fine. I like their I like their banter a bit, though. I honestly thought that uh, Scarlett Johansson, like Natasha herself, was ultimately pretty dull. Like, I just wasn't very engaged with um, With what she was, like, doing. Most of most of my viewing pleasure was Yelena. Um, apparently. Which is good, because she's continuing on from here, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, and, you know, that's what the post-credits thing is. I just, I just want to say that apparently this Mason character is playing Barack Obama in the First Lady TV series. Which, um, you know... Is whatever, but anyway, to 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 your point, yeah, Yelena is clearly going to be like, or at least to me seems like, like we called this last week, right? He's gonna take up the mantle mm-hmm. of Black Widow and be the new Black Widow. Um, do we want to talk about the post-credits reveal now? Which is like,
1: uh, yeah, sure, because the post-credits reveal was actually pretty interesting. I have no idea who Julie Louie Dreyfus is uh, playing in that in that scene, but it seems like they're setting up a sort of Dark Avengers thing. Which, if so, that's fucking sweet. I love the Dark Avengers, and I think that that's pretty. You know, healthy. Yeah. At the same time, we know that Hawkeye is getting his own Disney Plus series, and so maybe she's spinning off into that, which mm-hmm. I would be a little disappointed in. But hey, what are you gonna do?
0: Yeah, no, I mean, uh, so so for the people at home who haven't seen it, but of the same and still watch this. Um, Julie Louis Dreyfus shows up and uh, is tells Yelena um, that uh, she can go after the person who killed her sister, which is Clint, which you know, which is. Uh, Oh, I was actually I thought that was clever. Where um this is this is a, uh in when they're like doing their like sister bonding thing, she says um her husband is like a real estate um, developer and like her fantasy about like what her who her sister is, right? And I think that's supposed to be a uh, reference to the fact that Jeremy Renner is like a real estate flipper in real life, uh, which I thought was yeah, clever. Yeah, I
1: thought that was uh, yeah also true. Yeah, like he he like acts basically on the side okay I actually now have looked it up and I do know exactly who she is playing at this point so what's
0: what's the character
1: uh, uh, so the character's name is Valentina which I guess they mentioned but I did not catch at the time um, who is uh, well known as the Contessa who is like a, is like a key member of Hydra she's like one of the top Hydra people okay um, in the in the comics right um, and so my expectation is that this is some form of you know, uh, this is like some form of Hydra is coming back and recruiting its own version of the Dark Avengers. I'm sure that this is going to have tie-ins with other stuff. So so here's here's what the Dark Avengers were and why the Dark Avengers were so cool, right? So Civil War happens and the Registration Act happens, right? Then, so that's that's a certain amount of time. Then Secret Invasion happens where a bunch of heroes are Skrulls, right? So this is big, big drama and you find out that uh, that um, uh, Tony Stark's version of S.H.I.E.L.D. was, like, super compromised. So Tony Stark is out because, like, the secret invasion was so successful. It was on his watch. He takes the blame for it. Norman Osborn is the guy who kills the, the Skrull Queen, right, who is, the, who is the leader of the Skrulls in the big battle at the end of Secret Invasion. So he becomes famous, and he becomes the next director of S.H.I.E.L.D., Right, Norman Osborn, famously the Green Goblin. He becomes the next director of S.H.I.E.L.D., which he then renames to Hammer. And he recruits a bunch of supervillains and rehabilitates them to give them public persona using the registration act as heroes right so he gets wolverine's shitty son and makes him the new wolverine um he gets a supervillain called i think like moonstone and makes her the new captain marvel he gets bullseye famously of the daredevil comics and makes bullseye the new hawkeye um he gets venom and he tells venom to like Go to the black spider suit version of Venom, and he has Spider Man. So it's like all of the villains who are sort of doppelganger villains get to be the real heroes for the public. And now Norman Osborn is in charge of the registration act. So it's that that's 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 the setup for Dark Adventures, right? He does, he takes uh, he by the way inherits because Tony Stark integrated so much of his shit into Shield. Um, he's able to seize a bunch of Tony Stark's assets. Gets an i a suit of Iron Man armor, paints it red, white, and blue, and becomes the Iron Patriot. So Norman Osborn leads this team as the Iron Patriot. That's the that's the Dark Avengers, right? So I imagine they're doing something pretty, you know they're they're doing something pretty similar, though obviously with you know whatever these characters um, end up being in the in the mcu as they're introduced we do also know that there is a secret invasion storyline you know i think that's going to be a disney plus show i don't think it's going to be a movie so maybe but, the, scroll, but the scrolls are
0: like unambiguously good guys in in oh uh...
1: fuck you're right yeah the scrolls are good guys in this i don't know how that's going to work <laughs> yeah like maybe they're just going to introduce scrolls that are bad actually because we all agree captain marvel fucking sucks <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh you know, or you could do just like an angry <laughs> you could do an angry uh an angry Sorry, scroll. to real for you? No, no. I mean just like I so so the thing that I'm thinking of and this is like this is like the worst possible version of it. But you could do like a parallel storyline of a scroll that's angry about being oppressed and just have him be um Michael B Jordan's uh killmonger with like shapeshifting. Oh. Right? Like and that that is like the I think the most cynical version of this, right? Like like the most ham-fisted allegory version of this, right? Which I yeah. think would be bad, but like you know, I could see them doing it. Oh my it. god. I can
1: see them doing that too. Yeah, in a minute. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, that's what's going on with uh, that's what's going on with Julie Louis, Louis hmm. Dreyfus and Yelena. Uh, I think her name is Bogdanovich. L- Yelena Bogdanovich. She, by the way, is also in the, in the comics she, because Natasha. Is, I think she dies in like the '90s somewhere, and so the Black Mid- Widow mantle does like legitimately pass to Yelena. Um, and Yelena is known in the, is pretty well. I, I didn't spend a lot of time with these comics, but. Um, the, the thing about Yelena is that she is just kind of a straight up super spy. She doesn't really have the same mor- moral p- compunction. So the, the interesting thing about her on your superhero team is that she's kind of like, like, like James Bond, you know how like the rules are different in a James Bond story. James Bond can kill guys left and right. Well, and it's to to kill. Yeah. Yeah. And it's sort of, yeah, like, the context of a, of a sort of secret agent story makes that work. That's what's fun about Yelena in, like, an Avengers lineup. <laughs> because, you know, like, she'll just, like, murder kids. Uh, <laughs> because, you know...
0: Yeah, sometimes cr- eggs need to be cracked, yeah, yeah. Sometimes
1: uh, eggs need to be, you know, eggs need to be cracked. Um, but, I don't know. I the, I also think that Black Widow is sort of a... Uh, I don't know, Black Widow's, like, maybe one of the most boring and uninteresting superheroes that i can think of that has like a sort of a-list status yeah um just because you know she joined the avengers and is a pretty iconic avenger and um so i think that there's a lot of freedom to sort of make the you know make that change and be good
0: uh yeah no i agree i agree um what was the other thing in in this kind of vein? I don't know. It was just like it was a movie, right? Like, um, oh, that was the thing. Is I was hoping that the Julia, Julia Louis Dreyfus thing, like, and this was never real, but in my head it was like, and there's going to be a Seinfeld reunion, and Jerry Seinfeld is going to be a superhero. <laughs> 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 I just like I see her and I just imagine just Jerry like, what's the deal? Jerry
1: Seinfeld Ooh. is gonna voice. Howard the Duck or something. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> what's what's the deal with these superheroes? You know, what's
1: going on with Jason Alexander? Do you think they could get? I mean, <laughs> so Jason Alexander
0: back? is. I mean, he was in that Super Bowl ad, right? Like, um, I mean, the 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 the, uh, the 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 big the big problem would be Michael. Um, what's his name? Um, Kramer. Oh
1: God, yeah, because he went on that super racist like random nightclub yeah, 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 20 years ago. I was gonna say that was
0: a long time ago, so you know maybe, maybe people have forgotten. Um,
1: uh, I don't know, whatever happened to, uh, Newman, Wayne, Wayne Knight?
0: Is he in the new Space Jam?
1: <laughs> Space Jam is coming back, so yeah. maybe he'll be, he'll be, uh, did he ever get cancelled for something? Uh, I don't not
0: know. as far as <laughs> I know. Um, uh, man, uh... But no, just one
1: more thing that I did want to one more thing that I did want to mention um, about Black Widow that was part of what I what I liked about it was that it felt like what I had been asking for when it came to Civil War, right? Um, In terms of sort of the consequences of Civil War bearing out for these other superhero movies, Uh, we talked about this a bit with Ant Man and the Wasp, how like Ant Man and the Wasp like legitimately delivers on that and i also thought that it legitimately delivered here which i was very happy about right it creates a real context for natasha to be on the run to not have access to the rest of her you know superhero friends right um to not be able to just call in thor or iron man or whoever right to like come deal with the red room floating above you know floating above russia um it was pretty clear why she wasn't pulling in, you know, Hawkeye, even though they're very clearly, like, best friends and everything like that. So, that's my, that's my, uh, I guess mindset when it comes to this stuff, which was another reason why I liked it quite a lot. I I legitimately thought that they were going to be doing some weird... I just thought they were going to put this somewhere else in the canon. I thought maybe it was going to be a full prequel, like, before... Like, maybe it was going to mm-hmm. tell the story of her joining S.H.I.E.L.D., for instance. Um, I thought maybe it would be during the... Uh, the blip? I hate calling it that. It's so stupid. It's so fucking dumb. I thought it might be during um, during the blip in between Infinity War and mm-hmm. Endgame, kind of before she died. Um, but really, I just think between Civil War and Infinity War was a really smart choice. And it delivered on the promise... Five years too late. Yeah. that civil war kind of had for the Marvel Cinematic Universe.
0: I think I, I think I definitely agree with you that like this is like you know at the end of the movie where she's like you know I made this family work maybe I can get the Avengers family to work again. It's like it's like who cares? We know it does, right? Like, and we know that you're you know like it, it's it's like this movie should have come out before Infinity War and it would have been I feel like a lot better by comparison. I also wouldn't have been as tired by all this shit, right? Like I would have been yeah. invested in the character because you know like frankly her dying in um endgame right or infinity whatever fucking i, can't, I always confused it too right her dying was legitimately like it wasn't like you know shocking but it was surpri- it was a surprise mm-hmm. wasn't the thing i expected right so like you know
1: yeah
0: it would have it would have also given her a lot more stakes right like you know lot- yeah i
1: also i also think that this is a better sort of um, you know a better showing of like the female marvels Heroes stuff than Captain Marvel was. We talked about this a bit the yeah. Captain Marvel episode. How like the "I'm just a girl" thing was like cringy as fuck. Well, this is also uh, you know a female-led movie where the two top action stars are both women, right? Where uh, the main four guy, like like good guys, are you know are women. There's sort of a, I guess you could say that there's some subtext about this, like oh, Drakov is controlling women, but really I don't actually think that holds up, right? I don't really think this movie has a thematic point, mostly because it just, like, abandoned the thing of consequences, right? Um, But, like, if if you were to replace Captain Marvel, like, literally, like, the Black Widow movie comes out before, in the spot that Captain Marvel came out, I think it would have been amazing, right? And we would have been like, oh, shit, this is good, actually.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and, I mean, the thing that always bothers me about, or the thing that that will bother me if they put anything else in this time period is, like, where are these people during Infinity War and Endgame, right? Because, like, you know... You know, obviously, like, in the real world, you can't have Red Guardian show up during Endgame because he doesn't, like, because he doesn't exist in in the real world MCU. You know, the real world's knowledge of the MCU yet. Um, uh, But, like, in-universe, it doesn't, like, it doesn't make sense, right? Like, it doesn't, you know, what have have these Black Widows been doing this entire time, right? Like, you know, this whole apparently network of, of spies, you know. Uh, I'm sure it'll be like a thing during like, like I said, I'm I'm sure there'll be a Disney Plus show about it, cause the, this it, it's you know dealing with you know the seven billion Black Widows around the globe seems like a thing to do, like a a, a thing to like you could make an easily serial serializable show out of. Um,
1: yeah, I also hate. I think I think we have kind of reached a point where I'm sort of past, in a certain way, my. Uh, my suspension of disbelief a little bit when it comes to this stuff. For instance, you now have S.H.I.E.L.D., right? Global Organization Super-trained Secret Agents, right? Then you have the Red Room stuff, which is its own version of S.H.I.E.L.D. with its own super soldiers. Then you also have its specific division of super spies, the Widows, that there are a gazillion of, right? Then you have the war dogs in Wakanda. You have um, the, uh, like the gods of Asgard. It's just like the more crowded the universe becomes, I feel like, the, the less I'm willing to sort of like buy into this stuff, right? It used to be that like S.H.I.E.L.D. agents were kind of the only version of this. But now we have all of these other versions of this that have kind of come out since. And it just makes everything like less special, I feel like. Um, and it was really unnecessary. Like, you really don't have to sell me on the global threat of this guy with more than his Room of Black Widows. Yeah. I, mean, I think that they should have done more with that Room of Black Widows. I would have appreciated it if the Room of Black Widows had something in the same way that Killmonger's dad had that kind of helped me understand what they were capable of, right? Um, but, I don't know.
0: Yeah. No, I I, I agree 110%, right? Like, um, there's just, like, I don't know. Also, like, for a movie that r- runs two hours and 15 minutes, right, like, uh, there's so much it's like, like that's kind of elided, right? Like, she makes a comment about how she doesn't think that, um, Ross can get her in, like, Sweden or whatever she is, or, like, Norway, right? But, like, presumably The Red Room is flying over Russia and like she's like, Ross will be here. I'm like, they're gonna drive the, the the American military is going to drive up in Russia to a crashed vehicle, yep. right? Like it's like, really?
1: Technically speaking technically speaking, Ross is the Secretary General of the UN, I think. So it's a United Nations. Right, but like if any
0: So yes, right? Like that justifies Russia. It doesn't justify Norway, right? Like Yeah, I mean, I
1: also had I also had some frustrations with that stuff in general. Like, I I I just was expecting something else besides. I don't know. It kind of undercuts the the beginning of the movie. If she's working hard to get away from Ross, and at the end of the movie Ross shows up, she's beat to hell because she's beaten up this guy, broke her nose, all this other stuff, and then she's just able to like escape off screen and go hang out with that guy whose name I just looked up and fucking forgot like holy shit I don't know I was I was expecting there to be something there where like Ross was going to like pull up or whatever he's gonna be like you're under arrest and she was gonna be like I think you have bigger problems and then he's gonna be like grr you're right and he's gonna tell his guys to fan out and do this other stuff and she's gonna be like ha 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 slink away
0: yeah, I mean, yeah, like something like that would have at least like you know it would have been bad, but at least would have been like better than this, right? Like, you know. Yeah.
1: Or you know, like do something, and you could have done something clever with it, right? She takes the face thing, she puts the face thing on, and she looks like so. She looks like not Natasha, so they don't think she's Natasha. And then she takes the face thing off when she whatever. Who can, you know, like you can make a million versions of this yeah. that are like actually fine. Besides just. Oh, here's the big helicopter shot of all of the SUVs pulling up. Cut to, two weeks later, she gets a Quinjet.
0: Well, I mean, she had blonde hair. That's obviously how she did it, right? She dyed her hair obviously, real quick. Obviously,
1: <laughs> right? Yeah, obviously. And now we know where that vest that she, ha- she oh, wears God. in Infinity War came from. I didn't care, care or notice, yeah, that, that, but... was,
0: that That's like the worst version of this too, right? Like, you know, like the Han Solo, <laughs> where does Solo thing come from? She, she
1: just, my god did anybody care about this vest oh who it's a wardrobe change every single one of these superheroes changes their entire costume between fucking movies i legitimately did yeah. not notice the vest
0: no, and like i was like oh it's a vest right and like i was like and when she hands it over i was like wait that was probably a costume change that i didn't remember that they're trying to explain now right that was
1: exactly <laughs> it and then i saw her in the blonde wig that she had in avengers endgame and i was like oh i remember that vest now it was the boring, uninteresting part of her costume that I don't give a fuck about. But okay, I guess. Sure. (laughs) Oh, God. I really wanted to like this movie more. That's really my final thing. And they should have just had the balls. If they had the balls to kill Taskmaster, we would be in a different, you know, in a different spot. And the thing is, man, like, I feel like if I'm Kevin Feige or whatever, I would be foaming at the mouth to do the next snap in Man of Steel in a way that would get all of these, like, film Twitter people to say it's good for superheroes to murder, actually. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think I, that, would be, that would be so satisfying.
0: Uh, again, I think we're in, like, it's in between a rock and a hard place, right? Because, like, it's, you know, I could see a version of this where coming out, like, where if that happens and we come out and it's like, well, it's, 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 um... It's kind of flaccid because you know she's already dead, right? Like you know she doesn't have to live with those consequences because, like the you know she like that's what should have happened. She should have done that, and that should have happened. Like we said, like switch out Captain Marvel with this movie, right? So that those are the like that's her moment of redemption going into Endgame is fucking yeah. her dying, right? Like, yep. You know that would have been good. Fucking Kevin Feige. Hire us! Hi, hire, hire us! <laughs> us.
1: Hi, hire me, Kevin Feige, to rewrite your—you know—to rewrite your fucking movies, or whatever. Or just anyway, like, just I don't like. Really like more to, rearrange to say about this. One. Yeah, hire us to
0: rearrange storyboards so that, like, your. I mean,
1: to be honest, I feel bad about doing this. Right, like, I had—I had this conversation with somebody recently where, um, you know, we were we were talking about it was Wow stuff. We were talking about like Wow lore and oh the burning of Cheldrassel was a really shitty plot point, and here's how I would have done it, or whatever. And and, and that's, a, that's always a fun exercise, right? But somebody said this thing that kind of rubbed me the wrong way, where, so, uh, like, my pitch for this was I was like, they should have just swapped the two events, right? Imagine a world where, you know... The, the, the Battle of Lordaeron happens first. The Alliance attacks the Undercity, and the Undercity gets destroyed. And in retaliation, Sylvanas goes and burns this, this fucking tree, right? And you now have a situation where you can kind of have both sides have a legitimate point. The, the, the Horde can go, well, they started it. And the Alliance can go, she took it too far, right? You kind of have, like, a baseline thing. But because she burns the tree first, and then the Battle of Lordaeron happens, it's pretty clear that there's, like that's a bad, one side is the bad guy, the other side is the good guy. There's really no you're justification right. for it, or anything along those sorts of lines, right? And, th- and somebody said in response to this, like, that's such a great change. What, you're like, why didn't they do this? They should have done this. I can't believe they didn't do this. Something along those lines. And it's like, you know, like, I, I, I understand, and it's fun to speculate about this stuff, but at the end of the day... There's just so many moving pieces right. Right, that I think it's really unfair to sort of like hold that against, right? Like to hold that Oh yeah, yeah. No, right? I am not being serious about, when I say Kevin. No, fire sure, fire sure. I was... Yeah, I I I don't know. I guess I'm just relitigating this argument on yeah. my podcast because I can't or yeah, whatever, sure. right? but like something something we talk about in like RP um like uh, like tabletop games, right? Is that they are perfect in your head, but the act of transmuting that into a real session, right, always fucks with it. Right. right. And it always comes out imperfect. And I think that's true for everything, right? Like, I think that's true for games, movies, TV shows, right? Unless you're better call Saul, it's not going to be perfectly realized, probably. Um, so I guess I don't want to rewrite Black Widow too much, but I just really wish she fucking killed Daspaster. I think that would have been sweet. Yeah. Oh, anyway. I
0: think it's actually a good transition. Because um, I was, so I have managed to be mostly unspoiled about, I guess, the end of the raid. Um, uh, but, uh, I heard people bitching about like essentially, uh, fucking Sylvanas jobbing in, uh, not Sylvanas, Tyrande jobbing in, uh, in, in, in the cinematic for 9.1, the opening cinematic. Oh
1: my God. Oh man. This makes me mad. I really like this Tyrande stuff. And so people being pissy about it pisses me off. Um, Uh, so, so why why don't you
0: say you're, cause so actually I've said this before on the podcast, I think, but like my general point is like. The, the fundamental problem with World of Warcraft is that the cinematics are all have to be like two minutes long, especially if they're not like an expansion cinematic. And so everything has to happen really fast. And also you can't resolve anything because the players have to resolve everything, right? The one time we had, you know, fucking uh, Thrall kill uh, Garrosh... In the cutscene, everybody fucking hated it, right? Like, um, and so it's like, well, you know, your resolution is going to happen in like a, a bad machinima of like 40 people jumping around fucking, you know, uh, an, an end cinematic somewhere, right? Like, or not even an end cinematic, like, you know, an, an end monologue of a character model in a right, right? Like, so, yep. And that's the way yeah, it, the, I, get, I
1: get this one. People, you know, people legitimately are like, I just wish she had killed her, you know, like, why couldn't they have killed her or whatever? And I think that would suck. That would be really yeah. anticlimactic, right? Like, we've been building up to this boss fight, this raid with Sylvanas for so long, that a version of things where Tyrande just kills her now in a cutscene would be the worst, obviously. Um, but my thing about the Tyrande is a little more complicated than that. I feel like a lot of people are. I don't want to say misreading the the stuff with Tyrande. But, um, I don't know. I don't even know where to start when it, when it comes to this. So, okay, the. The Night Warrior stuff with Turande is good, actually. That's my that's my TM. You that's know? your hot like, take. That's my that's my hot take. And this is actually not all that uncommon a hot take. I feel Wow gets a ton of shit nowadays, and it has been getting shit for I a long time, I think, lore-wise. I think a lot of this is driven by the burning of Teldrassel being really bad and being a moment that like the players fucking hate and nothing blizzard will ever be able to do will ever make up for it like something that you'll see all the time on like the wow subreddit or like in wow lore discords or whatever is people will say and i can't believe that they haven't had justice for tildressel and like first of all you have the souls of tildressel were saved from torgas right that did not happen for the souls of any other place right that has been massacred in the warcraft lore you know not to mention that every other place like it is just not a weird thing for a city to be destroyed in the story of warcraft right happened to theramore it happened to stormwind it happened to nomrigan you know it happened to gilneas right it happened a million different times to the fucking draenei they lost two planets in the lore or whatever but somehow Tell Teldrassil is this massive injustice that's just, like, impossible to ever right the wrong of, right? And I feel like that's, the, that's sort of the nexus of it, right? There's this a grievance among, a, like, a vocal night elf player base who will just sort of never be satisfied with the, the direction of the story, right? But part of that is what, what's going on with Tyrande, right? Tyrande, and the interesting part, I think, of Tarande's story is that she is at a sort of character arc crossroads, where she is a foil to Sylvanas, right? Like, the Sylvanas story is a woman who died defending her homeland from getting destroyed, right, by Arthas, right? And she gets resurrected and becomes so consumed by her need to have vengeance against him. And that vengeance being so hollow, right, and not satisfying, it will never fulfill her, that she became a person who would then recreate the exact same atrocity for another group of people by burning Teldrassil, Right, and I think that's a very deliberate parallel. And so now Sylvanas is in the t- the, the, the Sylvanas position, right, where she is consumed by her desire for vengeance. Um, and you can see this in the cinematic with some of the choices that gets made. Right, the horn of the of the the Night Fae and the Great Hunt sounds because there's. They're invading the heart of the forest. Andrewuin is about to go take the fucking sigil or whatever, and Teronda doesn't respond to that. She doesn't care about that. That's not what she's interested in. She's purely interested in killing Sylvanas and getting the vengeance that she feels she that deserves. She craves. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And so I think this story and 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 you know obviously it ends with with um, with Alun sucking the Night Warrior power out of Teronda. She falls asleep or sorry yesera I puts her to sleep um, I saw somebody on Twitter described that as if you want to understand why why eloon got rid of the night warrior power and uh, and sent yesera to come in it's it's the same decision making that any Pokemon trainer has when they take back a wounded Pokemon and send out another one to finish the <laughs> fight. <laughs> Which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> the idea of cosmic Pokemon battles with, you know, with Aluda Luda or whatever. But then the dramatic question in Tyrande's arc is, is she going to be able to overcome this obsession with vengeance and, you know, move past it? Or is she going to become consumed by this, you know, fruitless desire? She will never overcome it and will become the next Sylvanas, right? We obviously don't know because she's still in a coma as of the time of writing. I with all of my heart doubt that Tyrande is going to actually succumb to this. I'm sure that she will come out and she will be fine. Yeah. Right? And the point will be that she's good now actually because she's learned to let go and move beyond oh, know, see, I think obsession I, with Sylvanas. I think it's
0: going to be worse than that. I think it's going to be like oh, really? Sylvanas is going to be like don't be like me, Taranda and then like redeem herself in her death. Because like that's the way this, this stuff happens, right? Like... Um,
1: That's fair. I mean, we also don't know what's going on with Sylvanas, right? Yeah. You know, um, I, I won't spoil the Raid or anything like that, but uh, there's also been a lot of people who are really mad at the Raid cinematic, right? The Raid cinematic dropped, and like, boy, wow, Twitter just... And the wow subreddit was basically, like, unreadable for the last couple of days. I actually quite like the cinematic, but in a way where I'm pinning my hopes on later stuff... Um, I think what's going to end up happening is nine point one is going to have kind of the best structured WoW story I think in a long time, because what it looks like is the story resolves as part of the Covenant campaign. Right? We know that the next over the next couple of weeks we're going to be doing specific missions in the Covenant campaign, um, which will probably resolve like Toronto stuff. It will probably resolve you know some of the some of the other low hanging fruit that's there. Um, And the final chapter of the Covenant campaign never went up for testing on the PTR, right? So we literally have no idea what is in there. And the chapter is called What Lies Ahead, right? So what normally happens in a WoW patch is there's all of this story, and the story leads right up to the raid, and then the raid happens, and the final cinematic of the raid is sort of your bridge to the next piece of... Piece of content, but the change that it seems to be in 9.1 is that the raid happens like canonically, the raid happens now, it happens before you know on on the second chapter of the Covenant campaign, the third chapter, whatever. Um, when you do this stuff with the Primus, um, and I guess spoilers if you haven't done this chapter yet, Mm -hmm. right? And um, and that the the bridge to the next patch will actually happen at the end of the story questing. It'll be in that What Lies Ahead chapter. If that is the case, I'll actually be really happy, because I always, I've always felt it was bad to have that stuff in Raid in the first place, right? Not everybody sees the Raid, and cramming it into the two-minute cinematic has that exact problem that you were describing before, where I feel like it should be done in the questing, right? If we're going to sit down and have a powwow with all of our big you know, characters like and Jaina and Bolvar, and whoever, we're all gonna sit down and be like, okay, well, here's what we gotta do with the fucking Jailer next, or whatever. I want that to happen in quest content. I don't, I don't want that to happen in the raid. Um, so, with the caveat of assuming this is the version of, s- the structure of their storytelling, I think I'll be pretty happy with 9.1, but I think Sylvanas is just so, such a hot-button issue for people, and it will be just so hard to resolve her story that it won't matter. I think everyone's going to just fucking yeah. hate this shit. Oh, yeah. No.
0: So, here's here what I'm going to register as, as my full prediction. Like, Sylvanas is going to be like, Taronda, don't be like me. And she's going to, like, sacrifice herself to, like, unfuck Anduin. And that is going to be her moment of saving grace. That is that is my prediction.
1: And then she's going to... Is she in or out of the story at that point?
0: Uh, Sylvanas? Yeah. Oh, she's dead. Like, she's going to kill herself oh, doing interesting. that.
1: interesting. Okay. So, you have the Sylvanas dies...
0: yeah yeah i mean because like that's that is that is how you redeem the irredeemable you you have them sacrifice their life to to right or wrong um
1: okay because that's the
0: only way you can do it without having people be like but she murdered everyone though right like
1: i don't think that that's the that's the direction story i've been very skeptical skeptical about a sylvanas redemption for a long time um so I don't think that's the that's the direction story will take, but I kind of also wouldn't be surprised if that was. I, part of this is that I've seen the end of Raid Cinematic, so I I don't want to speculate because that would theoretically, you know, you could fill in the gaps or whatever. Um, but I have been skeptical of, of the of a Sylvanas Redemption for a long time, um, and uh, and I feel like I don't know. I I think people. It's not, because on the other end of these Night Of players, right, like, these Night Of players who, like, they could release a cutscene that is just out of a Saw movie of Jigsaw torturing Sylvanas, and the Night Of players would not be fucking happy, right, you know what I mean? Like, they're just, like, they're so out for blood. But on the other end, you also have these Sylvanas people who love and worship, they're like simps, they love and worship at the feet of Sylvanas, who you kind of also have to placate in a certain way. And I feel like the middle ground of... like I, I don't understand this. She's obviously a villain. It is so clear she's a villain. She's conflicted, you know, absolutely, right? And there's complications in her motivations for what she's doing and all this other stuff, right? I absolutely think there's an arc playing out. I think that there's, there's all this other stuff going on. But in no world... Is like they're gonna be a cinematic where Sylvanas was like, you know, it was actually pretty good that I burnt that tree, you guys. <laughs> like, just a,
0: oh uh, man, could I, you could could you imagine <laughs> like something like that pops up? It's like, no. Well, actually, I, I secretly needed to burn Tel just so to like do something, right? Like to like free something or you know, like.
1: Oh my god, I, 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 right? <laughs> like I just I so I do think that there are, there are a couple of different ways this comes out, but I'm pretty sure that the middle road is what's gonna end up. Uh, frustrating everybody, because on one hand, you're never going to get a version of things where Sylvanas is entirely, you know, in the right and was doing, was doing the good guy thing all along, and this is, like, the Severus Snape of Warcraft. And on the other end, you're not going to get a version of things where Sylvanas is the second coming of, you know, Gul'dan, who's just evil for evil's sake, and it's the most satisfying death cinematic of all time right? The answer is more complicated. Sylvanas is a more complicated character. And I feel very alone in saying that I'm legitimately invested in where, in like where this is going, and I think that they have... I, I'm mostly happy because the... Um, they've done a couple of these Torgast cinematics, right, in 9.0, where you know, she's talking to Anduin, and she's talking to like the Jailer, and I think that stuff is, is really interesting, um, and it's not the kind of... You know, like that's not the kind of storytelling we typically get um, and and I think has been, I don't know, clever and interesting. I really loved her conversation with Anduin. I don't remember what that cinematic is called, but she has, like, a three-minute conversation with Anduin, where Anduin, like, really gets under her skin, and you can tell, you know, this is the first time she reveals her plan to somebody, and she expects it to convince him, and he's just like, dude, the Jailer's fucking using you, and she's, like, legitimately kind of shaken by that, Right? Like that. This is the introduction of doubt into into her, and then later, that manifests when she does the sword thing with Anduin, where she's like, "You gotta make the choice or whatever." He's like, "Oh well, or um, you're you're a little conflicted about this. That was me. I said it, right?" I think all that stuff is really cool. So I don't know. We'll see how it ends. It could be really shitty. I'm holding out hope, which has not paid out dividends for me in Black Widow or Game of Thrones, but one of these days it'll pay off, right, Mango?
0: <laughs> one of these days, maybe. Um, so, how, how did you like that? You know, you're the big Meltraxis guy. What, what did you think about the the Primus thing? As spoilers I loved for, all of this. I
1: thought that was so fun. Um, I just think the Primus is great and super cool. Part of this is also: Have you run any Mythic Plus dungeons?
0: Um, I have run, uh, two total? One last week and one last week.
1: In, 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 in Tormented?
0: Uh...
1: Like, with the new affix?
0: I think so. What
1: is Tormented again? Tormented is the one where you kill the little mini-bosses, and then they spawn an orb, and you get a power out of it.
0: No, uh, I have okay. not. I guess I didn't do it so at high enough So, if you
1: remember in Mythic Plus in Season 1, if you only ran one of them, you might have missed this, Sire Denathrius talks to you, right? And this has actually been going on for a while. So, in, um, in... 8.0, it was Zul who talks to you. In 9. Point, in 8.1, it was Bonsamdi who talks to you. In 8.2, it was Eshara, and 8.3, it was Nizath. Right? They all like whisper to you when you do the thing that is their affix. Right? Um, which has always been a great thing. You know, it's it's not lore, obviously, but it's just like a cool little moment. Right? Sire Dathri is for prideful. Used to whisper to you. You would say like, oh. You know, I guess you guys are actually pretty whatever. The person who whispers to you now is the Primus, and he's just—he's just cool. He's just like an old crotchety guy, but I love that he does the sort of—he um, does the good guy version of the Zool thing, where he was able to sort of predict the future. Um, like, I love the idea that he thought ahead to put that kind of reboot memory in the vault in Korthia with his with his sigil or whatever so that it would knock him out of being the rune carver by the way everybody called this but good job the rune carver's the primus right um i just feel like that's the cool stuff right like that sells me on this like master tactician strategist that has been sold to us over the course of you know the expansion thus far Um, where this is a guy who doesn't hide his sigil in the fucking stupid tree that he walks away from and it gets immediately stolen, right? He goes and finds the City of Secrets and hides it in their most, you know, secreted-away vault. That's sweet, right? And then Um, then the hero
0: brings it to him and, you know... The hero brings it
1: right to him. You know, people make fun of this, but I I feel like that was fine. I don't mind that at all, because, like, obviously, we...
0: So it wouldn't have been so bad if like it didn't happen to every single one of these fucking sigils, right? Like they're just like immediately like, immediately like, "Oh, I guess I guess we lost it again." <laughs> right? Like I get the, I guess the yeah, point I is the to make of the it. The
1: first one is very stupid. Yeah, so I agree with you there. Yeah. I mean, so to, to be fair, two of the sigils are not this, right? Denathrius just handed his sigil over. Right. The, the option And then the Archon one has nothing to do with us. That's just Anduin shows up and yeets the the sigil or whatever. The Heart of the Force one, I think, is legitimately dumb just because of how it's quested, right? Right. If this was a version of things where the battle wasn't over... Or, like, you you could have rewritten this... And I'm going to engage in this thing that I was criticizing earlier, right? But you could have rewritten this in a number of different ways, right? Something insanely terrible happens... So the Winter Queen has to leave the Heart of the Forest to deal with it. And that leaves it open for whatever, right? She gets pulled away. But because it's written in this thing where it's like, oh, goody, Tyrande killed this thing and fought Sylvanas. Sylvanas left. Tyrande asleep. I walk over and the, you know, and the Winter Queen is standing right next to the Heart of the Forest. And she's like, hey, do you want to go take a look at that sigil? I hope it's all fine like i thought that was i thought that was pretty stupid yeah no, i
0: agree <laughs> I i agree um and like maybe you could have done something like you know have them like i feel like you could even got away with it if it's like if they're like happening simultaneously in lore right like if you know anduin taking it from the bastion people is happening like around yeah. like the same time that like ardenweald's being assaulted like it's like oh you know this was a confluence no one expected it right or whatever um but like Yeah,
1: I, and so and the reason the Primus one I think is fine is just because like we're sort of out of our depths, right? It's not there's something about it being the eternal the winter queen who is an eternal one, who is one of the people who locked away Zoval in the first place, who you think it's like you would pay a little more attention to that sigil, huh?
0: Right, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Like but you know, when it's us doing this questing, we're just finding out Bonesmith Heramir, it's like, Oh shit, what is this thing? Oh my god, this is important we we need to go show it to the guy you know this looks like a thing that the guy in Torgast would would recognize we bring it to the guy in Torghast and oh would you look at that the jailer shows up and and steals it you know like that is a a bunch of mortals are kind of winging it and they make a dumb call like that's that's not a problem for me
0: yeah i i for for me part of it was just like it was just so tropey right it's like oh mm-hmm. you're, you're going to do the thing that's obviously going to have a bad consequence you know, yeah. it's kind of like, you know, like shouting turn around at, at the horror movie type thing, right? Like, <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, it is definitely, it definitely reminds me of that. What, Especially because, like, um, I like that... So, the Jailer has four of the five sigils as of current questing, right? Um, I also like the stakes-raising aspect of it, right? Where it is, the, the patch started with this 9.1 cinematic that we got, you know, a couple of months ago with Anduin and the Archon, and... It sets up this thing of, oh, there are five sigils, we need to deal with these, these fucking five sigils, and th- so thus far, every single one of them has been stolen, right? Um, and so, the, the stakes raising of that, I think, is, is neat and interesting, which obviously climaxes in the raid. Um, because the quest says that we now need to go do the raid in order to in order to deal with this. But I also like that the, at the end of it, the Primus goes, um, you know, the different, the different covenants need to remember their purpose, right, or re you know like reforge their purpose in order to unite and become whatever in order to in order to do this stuff and that's how we're kind of getting this like next little leg of covenant you know of covenant questing i'm on board for that i actually think i really like these covenant stuff i thought it was worse than the war campaign in 9.0 but now i think it might be better than the war campaign just because i really like the episodic nature of it coming like week by week Um, the war campaign i just kind of blasted all through it in one day because it all released at the exact same time you know for any individual patch right it all just like it came out war campaign boom keep going kind of thing Where I actually think metering it out a little bit and staggering it between these sort of uh, these weekly milestones is kind of nice.
0: I agree. It's all. I mean, you know, also from like a very, very cynical point of view, it's like uh, it's a great way to keep people subscribed for like three months or whatever, right? Like.
1: Oh yeah, I mean that's that's something that people say. They always talk about MAUs, month like that. That everything in WoW. Is time gated so that they can they can juice the play time numbers because wow it's so bad mango that like nobody would ever actually play the game they have to. They have to gate everything. Buddy, if whatever. I if I
0: have to listen to another fucking Final Fantasy fourteen player tell me about how bad WoW has been, and no, I haven't played it in 10 years. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to lose have you, really, have you really had that? Well, it's, it's 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 not people talking directly to me. It's just, like, I follow people sure. on Twitter that play Final Fantasy fourteen, and they just talk about, like... And, you know, Asmongold moved, up, moved over, apparently. Like, they sold out of digital copies, which is not a thing I thought that was possible, right? Apparently, yep. all the servers were, like, fucking slammed, but, like, all the people I follow on Twitter just, like, happen to play Final Fantasy fourteen are, like, and this is because WoW is bad and Final Fantasy fourteen is good and just, like... You, like, you yep. don't... You
1: don't I, I know exactly what you
0: mean. You were, you like, <laughs> literally just, like, you know, you, you only think that because, like, you know, you the only perspective you have on WoW is, like, Asmongold, right? So... Yeah. Um,
1: and the funny thing about Asmongold is he didn't even, he, like, he's not even moving over. He's just doing it because... He, you know, like, I mean, he, he made this plan before 9.1 came out, right? Um, and, uh, and there was, like, new content in the game or whatever. But I, I watched a video or a clip or something where he talked about WoW, or he was like, you know, like, sometimes I play these other games, I play these other MMOs, and it's like, uh, and it's like I'm going to the strip club, but then I come home to my fat wife, <laughs> and his fat wife is WoW. <laughs> Which I thought was a pretty funny analogy. Or whatever. I feel like you know, I know I feel like more people should take breaks from wow. I think a lot of these people uh, just need to touch grass a little bit. And by touch grass I mean go play other games for a while, right? Like Or if I you don't, don't touch grass, go take a, game, a fucking
0: hike, right? Like go enjoy like yeah. the the great outdoors, but you know. And need if you if you want to.
1: Um but yeah, also you know, obviously Final Fantasy XIV is. I think the core thing with Final Fantasy XIV is that it has eight years of content that these people have never seen. That's true. So a lot of people who are saying like, "Oh, Final Fantasy does does story so much better than WoW," and I, and I understand, you know, and I probably wouldn't be surprised if I think like I bet the end game story of fourteen is probably better than the writing in. in in wow or whatever right like i don't think that's a controversial thing to sort of say but i think you get a sort of skewed version of it when you're playing it all sort of like at once you're going through expansion by expansion and following the storylines as you as you progress through that stuff right like if you wanted to you could do that for wow too, but people don't do that they just obsess over the cinematics that come out i mean like one of the things that boggles my mind about how people talk about the wow story is they ask for these things and i'm just like that stuff's in the fucking game dude right like people were talking about like oh i hate how how you know cosmic the wow story has gotten i don't care about this stuff i just want to like help you know like i got into wow helping people in the barons or whatever right but there's no all of this stuff is super epic there's no grounded content and i'm like the Night Fae have one of their major game thingies is to go tend a garden. The, the Venthyr want you to go plan a party every week. You know, like, what is epic about that, right? I mean, how many, how many quest lines are there in, in the game, like, right now in Shadowlands, that are just like, go do a very normal helping a guy in the barons type thing? Right, that is not dealing with the Jailer and Sylvanas and all this top-level shit. It's easy to focus on that stuff. It's definitely the narrative spine of the game and everything like that. But to pretend like that stuff isn't there just because, I don't know, that yeah. bothers me.
0: Yeah, and also, I, I, like, I don't know. This, like, 14 is, I, I think I would say, is, has, like, better produced story, right? Like, because, like, from moment one, it was like, you know, you are the hero, Right, like it does the kind of like you know everybody's the hero in the MMO thing, which I kind of like despise is kind of like what a what I think an MMO should be, but like sure is kind of like what Team bark MMOs are now, and so like it's yeah. you know, since it was doing that from the beginning. Um, also like the like the first story isn't super great, but it's fine, and like it gets it it quickly gets better. Um, and there's just like more cutscenes, right? Like I don't even think it's like a matter of it like being particularly like. A better narrative spine, just like they're willing to do, like more stuff. right? there's like different tiers of cutscenes, but it's like you know, the story is pretty compelling, and you everybody's playing through the same story, and there's like like it feel, it feels very much kind of like a like a Final Fantasy single player game, just with like you know raids, um, you know, and it does some stuff worse, yeah. right? Like like I have eternally said that I don't find the combat nearly as compelling, which is why I never stick to fourteen. Um, also, PvP is like near non-existent in fourteen, um, but you know. I think the outfits are better in in know, This is something that I was like marveling over, right? Like I've got a very nice graphics card, and I have like, you know, that power turned all the way up, and wow, um, and like the water is absolutely fucking stunning, uh, right? But I still have like three corner, you know, seven corners on my wheels, right? Like you know it's, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know, it's uh, it's. It's, it's uh...
1: the the most recent thing I was marveling at was animations and spell effects, specifically because I was playing Burning Crusade, and um, and in Burning Crusade everything uses the same like attack animation, you know, mortal strike, slam, whatever it is, you're just gonna hit with that same animation, and I kind of forgot about that as a quality of life thing that got introduced over legion and bfa was upgrading all of these animations so that colossus smash mortal strike rend overpower these are all using different you know whatever like different attack animations and how much of like a little quality of life that kind of thing is i also think that spell effects are much better now um than they i mean they were kind of non-existent back in the day but like we now have swirlies you know and um and like circles, and you sort of learn just by ambient happenstance what to dodge and what to stand in, right? Like a swirly is almost always bad, but a circle, you know, with sort of like a little floating effect that's something you soak. Like we were doing Tazavesh, which is the new mega dungeon, which is sweet by the way. Um, we were doing Tazavesh, the new mega dungeon, and in there, none of us had read any of the guides. We went in completely blind. And it was kind of nuts how much we were able to completely infer these boss fights just based on, you know, the, the, the visual shorthand of the spell effects, right? Seeing a bunch of these vials go up in the air and they use that same spell effect as the vials on Lady Inerva, I was like, oh, we should soak these, right? And I, I said that on the, the very first try. And he and you know I was talking with Stoops right the the healer he who's like why And I was like I don't know I just think we should soak these and it was true we should soak those right but the only the only indication I had for that so I think that that stuff is just like I don't know it's cool it's good game design um, I don't really know I didn't have a bigger point to that no, that's
0: fair <laughs> enough um, uh, did you so so moving away from Wow did you uh, did you sure. did you get a chance to watch inside the Burnham thing.
1: Fuck! I did not. No, right. I've been watching Better Call Saul. <laughs> All
0: right, we'll have to we'll have to get back to that. It's at, at yeah, other we
1: point. Will, I will. I will get back to on that one. What else is I doing? Oh shit! I was. I've also been watching a lot of. Uh, I've been playing Commander and watching Magic: The Gathering content recently, and uh, and I've talked about this before. It's funny being in both, uh, being both a WoW player, who is watching Blizzard get just like absolutely hammered by their community over and over again, and playing magic the gathering and watching people like the way people talk about ian Hazakostis and mark rosewater are essentially synonymous like the player bases fucking hate these guys and i think it's partially because you know marrow says that he doesn't play commander he doesn't like commander right and he doesn't design for you know commander outside of like the commander sets or whatever so i feel like a lot of edh players are um you know, sort of burned by that, right? Like, the, the, it's kind of a, a mutual, like, dis, dislike and everything like that. But I've been watching a bunch of, I've um, been watching a lot of Magic content, because the new Magic set is coming out. It replaces the core set, so there's no core set 2022, um, and it is Adventures in the Forgotten Realms. Uh, oh, right, yeah, I've, like seen,
0: a, I've, I've seen, like, yeah, packs on like sale, a, yeah.
1: It's like a true crossover with D&D. Um, and it includes, like, Drizzt Duerdin, it includes, uh, a bunch of other famous people who I don't know, but I'm reliably informed are, like, D&D people in Forgotten Realms that I would, that I would know. Um, I remember reading some of those books when I was a kid, but I, like, honestly, they are all out of my mind. Let me guess, like,
0: Brunor and Caddy Bree and, like, uh, Wolf, Wolfcar? Is that the right one? Um, probably, like, that's all, like, like... There's like the Duerden cast, I'm sure, which like they show up in everything, right? There was a whole book or in yeah. no, book a game And then There's a bunch of other stuff. Apparently. Asmodeus
1: is in there. Uh, Tiamat is in there, right? Some of the D and D mainstays. Uh, the hand and eye of Vecna are both in there, and also a book like the Book of something that ties into. Vecna. Oh, um,
0: um, somebody's. Oh, is it somebody's tome? Like, cause like the, that was one of the 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 five e supplements, I think. Um.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, so some of them, like, Xanathar's It's Xanathar's Guide to Everything. Right? Yeah, yeah. Xanathar is in there. Um, Volo, the monster's guy, is in there. Is Bigby? What's the... Th- I don't know if Bigby's in there. I haven't looked at, like, the full list.
0: There's in um, There's in There's Tasha. Uh, there's also, like, you know, there's, like, a thousand... Like, it's Forgotten Realms, right? Like, there's, like, a, a, a yeah. billion things um, that you could pull from. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, so uh, so that's been something I've been paying attention to, and I don't like, if I'm being entirely honest, they have they have a couple of new mechanics that I think are really shaky. One of them is a dice rolling mechanic, which everyone is really mad about because Magic supplies what are called spin down die, right, which are like a, it's a D twenty, but like um, they're in order. Spin. That way
0: you can that way you can easily uh, count life with them. They're yeah, there for counting so life.
1: so, Like if you take two damage, you just move two faces or whatever, and. Um, and people are complaining about how, you know, for the for the longest time, Magic has been using spin down die, and now I have cards that want me to roll a d20, and the and normally it's like if you roll one to nine, it gives you a whatever effect. If you roll ten to nineteen, it gives you the, an okay effect, and if you roll a twenty, you get a really good effect, right? You can kind of crit. It, it's is how these are written, right? Like there's one that's like comes into play, everybody sacrifices a creature, if you if you roll one to nine. Um, if you roll 10 to 19, it, it comes into play. Each of your opponents sacrifice a creature. If you roll a 20, each opponent sacrifices two creature. right? So it gets better, essentially. And people are like, oh, if, I, if anybody rolls a spin down die, you know, like I'm going to... I'm gonna yell at them, I'm gonna call a judge all this other sort of stuff and it's just like holy shit, Jesus Christ. I pretty I pretty much hate that. I don't think that that's um, I feel
0: like this is like not know. a great mechanic for magic, right? Like you, we've talked about how like yeah. Hearthstone has built itself around randomness like uh, magic is not um.
1: Yeah, so first of all and I think the randomness in, in, in Hearthstone doesn't have this like randomly bad effect, right? Like Discover is a really good example of random, right? Sure. But Discover is very rarely going to like backfire on you. You're never going to discover a card that is going to, like, lose you the game, right? But, like, the idea that I'm playing a, a creature and it might make me sacrifice it, but I might also, you know, force my opponents to sacrifice something or whatever, right? Like, that's... that's I don't know. I don't like that as much. Um, I also do think that the... the, the rolls are not a very pushed mechanic, so none of them are very good
0: right because you you can't have them be good right you can't have like a major tournament like like change like who wins based on based on like the role of a single d20 right like especially just for, yeah. like part of the problem there would be is also like the the way that the that like organized play works out is people scoop when they're they're clearly losing if you could potentially win off a die roll nobody's gonna scoop and that's gonna like make games run long and it's gonna to fuck with tournaments like terribly yeah. right like
1: and that makes and, that, and and that does make for cool moments right like i do think that there's legitimate upside here right the play the place where it's like well unless i roll a 20 i lose right that is a that's a moment of real drama and the five percent of the time that the person plays the creature and forces his opponent to sack the big bomb or whatever to 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 last another turn, I'm sure that's a very epic moment for that player in that situation.
0: I, I think for I um, think for a competitive game that that just doesn't work, right? Like like that's a, that thing wor- that works very well in PVE, which is like what most Dungeons and Dragons is, right? Like you know yeah. the players are supposed to win, uh, generally. Like that that makes that makes sense and it works, but like in a PvP environment where like it's supposed to be like you know, fair, uh, like, like having it run on a die roll just kind of, like, betrays that in a lot of ways. Um, especially, yeah. especially on, like, a 1 in 20 chance, right? Like, which is why it makes sense that they're not very good, right? Like,
1: and, and it's also, like, I don't know. Um, anyway, uh, the, 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 the thing that I think really frustrates me about it and was described by a Magic the Gathering YouTuber is he said, it doesn't feel like D&D is coming to Magic it, feel, it feels like... Or I'm sorry, it doesn't feel like magic is going to d d It feels like D&D is coming to magic, right? This is not magic mechanics or a D mechanics interpreted through the lens of magic. This is d d mechanics just kind of foisted on top of magic, right? And I do agree, you know, like, I guess that like dungeons and um, and dice, we'll talk about dungeons in a second, are like in integral parts. Like, I, I, I understand that. I, I get the, the sort of drive to sort of have crits right and you can maybe find that in a couple of different ways there are sort of like rng mechanics in magic by its nature when it comes to drawing cards etc right like you do something reveal the top card of your library if it's converted mana cost is six or greater you get a thing or something like that like you could you could have that in the game or whatever uh, but just this dice rolling stuff just seems really especially as like an extra thing and when it comes to extra things there is also now these, these dungeons there's a dungeon mechanic right so is certain there a cards dragon's have, mechanic? Yeah. So certain cards will have, when, you, when it enters the battlefield, you venture into the dungeon, right? Venturing into the dungeon, what that says is you have three individual dungeons. It's like Tomb of the Mad Maze, Dungeon of the Mad Maze, Tomb of Annihilation. They're like famous. Sentences. Tomb That's of Horrors? Really Maybe Tomb of Horrors.
0: Yeah, um, whatever, yeah.
1: And they're kind of like sagas, right? Where you kind of go from one step to the next. But the whole face of the card is like a, a dungeon map, right? You start at the top of the map and you go room by room. And each of the rooms has a mechanical effect, right? So your first effect might be Scry One. Then it's put a treasure token into play. Then it's put a goblin token into play. Then it's. And you just go until you get to the bottom, and the bottom has a big effect that's like good or whatever. But the crazy thing is, the dungeons. Aren't cards right? They are, like, sort of facilitated by these other cards, right? So you play a character, you play a uh, a creature that says venture into the dungeon, and then you spawn a dungeon card from the ether. So it's like right? a token, almost like like. Yes, yeah, so it's almost like a token, and when you and and then you are in that dungeon until you complete it, right? And every time you venture from then on, you have to continue in this this individual dungeon, which. And, and and it's not like the dungeon is an enchantment. You can't interact with it. I can't destroy my opponent's dungeon right before they're about to to complete it. Um or anything along You can't those like oblivion ring lines.
0: it or anything like that. It's, I
1: can't o ring it. Yeah, I can't remove there's no counters on it or anything along those sorts of lines. It technically I think lives in the command zone actually. Funnily Oh even. Christ. Um, and and it's just like what a fucking nightmare mechanic. I that I that I, that I hate. And if you wanted to include this I, it, 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 the thing that's crazy to me is that it's so close to a saga, right? Which I think are cool mechanics. I like sagas a lot. That it's just like, why isn't Dungeon of the Mad Mage a blue saga for three and a blue that has four steps and the you know and you just progress through or whatever and maybe you have cards that interact with it you have a you have a bunch of these dungeons and you say they have a they have the venture into the dungeon which is it forces your saga mechanic you put another saga counter on it right so you can power through some of these dungeons really quickly or whatever um, anyway i think that mechanic fucking sucks and is the worst and it, and i and i was just like wizards of the coast what are you guys doing um, have you, have you heard about this Worlds Beyond stuff? Do you know about this?
0: No, what is this?
1: Okay, do you ever hear about the Walking Dead stuff?
0: No, wait, is Walking Dead in Magic? It's like... Yeah. I, I saw that, yeah, I knew so, that Godzilla was in it, but like that, like...
1: <laughs> yeah, so Godzilla was the first of these, which was called Worlds Beyond, right? Which is, um, like the ma- magic bringing famous shit into, into the card game. But Wizards released a set of cards that were walking dead like the walking dead characters as magic cards that are like legal like you can play a game of commander where rick grimes is your commander and he has effects he's like too white white and he buffs humans or something like that and it's just like holy shit they did it so that happened everybody fucking hated it by the way this is like a widely reviled thing in, in, like, the magic discourse or whatever. But they have since promised more, and it's called World, Worlds Beyond. So there's now going to be a Lord of the Rings set that comes up, that's a Worlds Beyond set, and there are going to be Warhammer fantasy commander decks that come out in the future at some point or whatever, where theoretically Karl Franz is going to be, like, a commander. Or something like that. So, Forgotten Realms is not is is not World's Beyond. They have they have clarified this because Wizards owns owns the IP. Part of what part of the promise of World's Beyond is that those things will never be reprinted, which is its own fucking crazy thing, right? Like imagine that an amazingly good card gets printed in here, and they they can't reprint it. But that's a licensing thing, apparently, where Wizards can't reprint Rick Grimes without going to. AMC and saying, "Hey, can we reprint the Rick Grimes card?" Um, so it is a giant clusterfuck, as far as uh, as far as I understand.
0: So I'm going to take the silver lining, or t- tell you the silver lining, which is if Magic or if Wizards fucks up Magic, then maybe they'll like you know give Dungeons and Dragons some love, right? Because they can't rely on Magic <laughs> just to print money anymore.
1: Honestly, I mean, maybe it is. Woo! It is nuts. No, I do think well, the, I would say I think there's, the there's
0: a Ravinica book for Dungeons and Dragons, which is supposed to be, I think, decent. Yeah. Um, but yeah,
1: there's also one for Theros, uh, like the Greek setting. Um, and I have heard that both of those, by the way, are, are like decent and very fun, like for D and D five e. But I feel like that stuff is much better supported in in five e than it is in in Magic. I don't know why. I mean, I think I think part of, I would be happier about this if the mechanics were better. In a world where dungeons are just sagas and maybe you have some cards that are interacting with sagas a little bit more, and, you know, you're not doing this, like, roll stuff, I would be happier with it. Uh, one of the things that I actually like that they added is that it's called uh, Flavor Mechanics, which is italicized flavor text in front of mechanics, right? So what happens is there's a card that's like, you come to a river, it's like one in a blue, and the card is called, you come to a river, and you have two choices, it's a choose one card, and one choice is, ford the river, and you, like, bounce a non-land permanent, and the other one is go around, and it's, like, draw... It's, like, scry to draw a card or something like that, right? Um, and I think that's flavorful. I think that's great. I think that's a, a, a fantastic way to sort of realize the sort of fantasy of d and and what it's like to play d in Magic the Gathering. We already have modal cards. We have cards that say choose one. We have flavor text on those cards. And we all we have, like, rules mechanics, right? Like metalcraft. Um, I don't know what a, what a more recent example of this might be, like Morbid, maybe, where it's just like, Magecraft is actually a good example of this, where it's like, this card does a thing when you cast an incident or sorcery, it has a triggered ability, and we just kind of group all of those as Magecraft, and I can just kind of say, hey, this has Magecraft, I, I, I make a 1-1, or whatever, and we understand, we, they all share a trigger, or whatever else, um, I think that's cool, I think that's really flavorful, I don't think I want it in the rest of Magic, to be clear, because i feel like that creates kind of readability issues um i think it's use it's useful to be able to say hey this thing just has uh metal craft it spawns a treasure when some this thing right or it has it has magecraft we 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 sort of understand the shorthand of it um but for the set having these little flavor things is cool it's fun that that's good um so i don't know it it's feels crazy like really, that this they, is re- kind of screwed this up
0: it's crazy that it's replacing the corset too right like i could see this being like a, a side block or something right like or like a bonus thing but like is this supposed to like take the place of core 2022 like is this gonna yeah, be like it
1: is it, it well so it, it is, is this, not replacing the corset in functionality but like i don't know how explicit that is right like the corset is typically where they print a lot of baseline reprints, yeah. you know, for, for just cards that people need for their standard decks, right? spells, you know, the, those boring cards that are not super interesting. There's none of that in Forgotten Realms as far as I know of. Uh, like, I don't think they're reprinted, counterspell, negate, anything anything kind of along those lines. But I don't, also don't know how much that's, like, intended. Yeah, you know?
0: I... Um uh, yeah but that's that's my point right like it's like you said it's maybe maybe not you know counter spells weird ones i don't think like counter is too good so they haven't reprinted it in a while right it's either like negate or like the specialized version but like like you said kind of like basic kind of like you know like um like uh like like the basic cards in hearthstone type stuff right like they'll, they'll, yeah. they'll decide what that is going to be for the year with the core set um and it's very strange to me that like that is going away in favor of like a weird forgotten realm set um
1: Yep. Yeah. Well, that's magic. Uh, that's what we've been dealing with in magic. The commander decks that I have been playing recently are a lot of fun and very cool. But uh, I won't go into the details here. But we may be talk about this uh, in a couple of months when we actually get to play some commander mm. in person. Yeah, I have, I have. I have a whole big like suitcase of commander decks back there that I'm like super excited to to <laughs> bring on the plane, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I need to get I need to get back to Jersey to pick up my like because I like decided not to bring my magic cards up here because I was like I was playing online. I was like, oh that that'll be good enough, right? Like, I sure. don't box. Now that I've got like my commander deck, I'm like I need to go get my cards so I can put the card. I can upgrade my commander deck. Like, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. You can upgrade your deck. That's always the best part.
0: <laughs> <sighs> yeah, um, but we're kind of at end of time. I didn't have it like I. You know, what did I do with my week? I played some Strive, um, and you know, like like I yeah, have for the past few weeks. So, um, you have anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here? all right uh no well in that case if you'd like to email us and tell us what you thought about anything we talked about on this podcast you can email us at the games, gmail.com or podcast at the Games.com. you can follow us at twitch.tv slash play games where these go live we're on all the socials follow follow us rate us review us subscribe hit all hit every button that you see and you know give us engagement um uh that's everything i have but you have anything else you want to promote
1: I have one minor thing to promote, which is that, uh, have I mentioned that Grime has a release date, August 2nd, on the cast before? I don't Grime know is coming not. out, August 2nd. I have also been producing videos for Grime, which were actually a lot of fun, um, where I'm just sort of showing off the way, it's sort of like a champion spotlight, but for like the weapons that you can use in-game. Um, so, you know, you can go see that at the Akupar the Games YouTube account, which I do not think is YouTube.com slash Akupar Games, but it might be. <laughs> maybe <laughs> i should Go- check that probably. google
0: aquapara um, games and uh yeah. th- it'll be there somewhere <laughs> yeah so check buddy's twitter feed of which will be linked yeah in the description. i may have
1: retweeted somebody else posting it you definitely Sorry. retweeted the,
0: the the weapons video today so you know and your your twitter will be in the description so that's the best i can do for you three steps
1: <laughs> thank you <laughs> <laughs>
0: all right well with that i'm going to say uh until next time your listeners
1: Until next time, loyal listeners.